Welcome back to the Epic Universal Podcast. It is me, entertainment writer Jim Hill, and I am joined by my co-host, Eric Hersey. And he and I are recording this week's show on Sunday night, February 25th, 2024, which is when the online theme park fan community seems to be losing its ever-loving mind over the news that the Skull Island Reign of Kong ride at Universal's Island of Adventure is switching from 3D to 2D. Uh, have you seen this uh, over the past weekend, Eric? Or? Jim, you mentioned this to me. I uh, did some little searching online, and I'm quite excited to hear your perspective. Because to me, it's you know, maybe I... Maybe in a couple of years in, I'll join in the uh, mob. But right now, I'm just looking at it and saying, ah, we'll see. What, okay. we'll, we'll see what they're all up in arms about. Okay. Well, we will talk at length about this in the second half of today's show. Warning up front, folks. I'm going to be in rant mode. On the other hand, Eric is in packing mode. You and the family are headed back down to Orlando later this week. It, 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 is that right? It is spring break here in the lovely city of Wheeling. So we're heading down and we are uh, we are making our trip to the Walt Disney World where we have annual passes. So. Got it. But I want to stress here, folks, no universal. All right. Because, again, Eric, the, the, that's the concept of the show. He is still formulating plans for his initial he and his family's initial visit to the Universal Orlando Resort. And that's going to be with the help of you nice folks and so we would love to continue to have your insights and input here two episodes isn't enough in yet jim i no we're no, getting great comments again. and great suggestions we are we give, are. give me a little bit and, more time to mm -hmm. figure out exactly the right way to make this okay. happen okay well and speaking of, of making things happen we wouldn't be here today without our lovely sponsor touring plans and Touring plans can help you save time and money the next time you're down in Orlando, visiting all of those theme parks that are built around the city beautiful. So before you book your next flight to Central Florida, please check them out at touringplans.com. Okay, now, we're Eric and the family to go over to Universal Orlando. Uh, the Universal Mardi Gras International Flavor of Carnival continues at the Universal Studios Florida theme park through April 7th. In fact, this coming weekend, a DJ Khalid will be appearing in concert. Uh, that's on March 2nd at the Universal Music Plaza stage. And he'll be followed in that same venue by Ava Max on March 9th and Queen Latifah on March 10th. So, and, uh, well, you know this, Eric, because you're the, the one who edits the show, but I have talked at length with your lovely bride, Lauren Hersey, on our I Want That Too podcast about uh, the souvenir popcorn buckets that are sold at the Disney theme parks. And what's kind of interesting is it looks like Universal is sticking its toe in the water of, of this souvenir market. I mean, what's kind of interesting about the whole sticking your toe in the water is their, uh, souvenir, uh, popcorn bucket is a gator. Uh, in okay. fact, it's the, it's the Mardi Gras 2024 King Gator popcorn bucket. Uh, it retails for $28.99 and it features a crown in beads that light up. Plus, you get one free refill for for your twenty eight bucks. So now, Jim is is I mean, the popcorn buckets is a big thing in Universal. I mean, do they have your normal refillable popcorn buckets, or is this a brand new item that? I 
believe this is brand new. But on the other hand, that's the nice thing about this podcast. If we're wrong, we'll be told about it. All right. So now, of course, given the name of this podcast, we are paying very close attention to what's going on with the Epic Universe Park. And I, I don't know. Did you see that footage from who was taking at night late last week? of the coaster test that was being done in the, the dark universe section of that still under construction theme park. And um, right. It's, it's what the cur it's a curse of the werewolf. Is that the, the, I was hoping you'd have the name cause I didn't. Uh, but yeah, yeah I think is... that's what it is. It's a werewolf t test, uh, or at least okay. and so forth. Yeah. This okay. is, uh, this is definitely the land that I'm most excited about. I wasn't quite sure what was being done, but I mean, when you start testing, uh, the coaster, that's pretty good sign, right? That is, that is. I mean, and uh, remember, we <laughs> again on the mouse side of the street, people have been again paying laser or been laser focused on what's been going on with Splash Mountain at the Magic Kingdom. That they're cycling the uh, the logs, they are filling the flume, so it's, it's considered all good signs that that will come online sometime this summer, as announced. On the other hand, uh, Epic. Uh, Epic Universe still looks to be second quarter of 2025. And this, of course, is the sort of the, the thrill ride that will be located in the Universal Monsters theme section of that park. And speaking of Universal Monsters, uh, Eric noticed when he was doing research uh, this week for the show that a Universal Monster tribute store has opened out in California uh, at the in the production center, oh, excuse me, the production central portion of the original Universal City Walk, which is, of course, located out in Hollywood. And um, did you take a look at any of the stuff that that they had there in the store? Or yeah, I pull, I pulled up the the gallery. I mean, it looks to be your standard mugs, shirts. There were some posters. I I kind of got real. Con I knew of the monsters, right? I mean, we all mm -hmm. know Frankenstein, Dracula, and so forth. Oh sure, sure but sure. I didn't really realize that they were. They're actually like uh, there's several more, and there's a whole crew. And so I was like, well, how how niche can you get in here? Can you get an Invisible Man shirt? And <laughs> <laughs> Does it matter what size you get? Does that's the, okay? No, well, but it looks right, to be thanks. like your your standard shop there. I couldn't really tell from the pictures how big, but uh, okay. this is the kind uh, of stuff that I enjoy. I, as I understand it, that they, they've broken it out into individual areas, which each of these sections will celebrate a particular universal monster. And as you mentioned, Dracula, Frankenstein's monster, the werewolf, that sort of thing. I, 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 I actually want to get in there and see what they've got for Creature of the Black Lagoon. Cause that was the one who scarred me as a child. Uh, absolutely. So, that's, that's the book I remember getting out from the library. They had all those monster books. So, and that's, that's, that's a quality one, I guess. Phantom of the Opera is another universal there monster. So there there, there we were go. several. I'm like, oh, okay. So okay. the mummy, which mm -hmm. I didn't realize for the longest time that the mummy, the whole mummy with Brandon Frazier, that's mm -hmm. that's really big. That's essentially a classic monster. Oh yeah. Yeah. That 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 I I want to say, and again, poor Boris Karlov. That that I you know when you think about he did the mummy makeup for that, he did the uh, Frankenstein monster makeup. Uh, the, the poor guy suffered for <laughs> for his art and to, to, to scare the crit out of the rest of us. So right. anyway, getting back to Epic Universe now, uh, the Lucky Generals, which is an ad agency out of New York City, 
has just been signed by the Universal Orlando Resort with a, a particular job. They've been hired to help when it comes to the marketing of the launch of the Epic Universal theme park next year. And <laughs> uh, um, I, I, I wonder how lucky the, the, the generals actually are because, um, well, Eric and I were talking about this off air folks, and I can't help but remember what happened in the late 1990s, which was when, um, as the Universal Florida theme park was being reimagined as a, a Disney-like destination resort, Universal made the decision to spend $60 million to rebrand all of their property in Florida as Universal Escape. And again, the idea here is that, well, look, Universal Escape was supposed to be this romantic notion, sort of like, what is the island resort? Sandals? I mean, just the notion right. of you go on vacation, you put your feet in the sand, you're having a good time. And so when you're going on vacation, you want to escape from your troubles. You you, you want to get away to something fun. And so this was the, this was how Universal wanted to rebrand itself as, as the vacation resort of the 21st century. And, and they went all out. I mean, they partnered with Coca-Cola and Dodge and they put this campaign in motion, which, which had a, a, a brilliant, I think brilliant set of, of commercials, which by the way, as I, for his homework for tonight's show, I, I told Eric he had to go seek these things out, the universal escape ads and take a look at them and i go we wanted his thoughts on them so so you you found them you found them on youtube right i did i found a nice playlist if you type in i think you just just universal escape commercials you'll find uh, i think there were six of them in a row yeah. for the most part there are some very branded ones and then they get more towards the ask a family get sound yep. bites of the family saying it's amazing here and so mm -hmm. forth and then having clips and pieces but uh not bad you said when was this 1999 2000 well, yeah. Now, uh, the, the Universal Escape uh, promotional thing, it launched, I want to say, March of 98. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. March of 98. Right, yeah. Okay. Again, the park is scheduled to open 15 months later, June of 1999. So let's talk about these ads. Uh, what Did you have a favorite in the bunch? Oh, I kind of. I, I mean... I Spider-Man and Doc Ock fighting on the top of a airplane was qu quite impressive. It's it was it was quite the feat, and I kept on saying to myself, "This, I, I can't imagine it ending well for either one." <laughs> so, Jim, do yeah, you want well, to kind of explain what this commercial well, was? Well, I mean, just uh, the the notion, uh, the concept of this particular ad is a kid's on a plane. And, you know, and he looks out the window of the plane and he's, he's, he's doing his, his William Shatner from, from Twilight Zone. That's because what I was I saying. I was like, the only thing I know of Twilight yeah, Zone. Yeah. Yeah. So on uh, the wing of the plane, there's Spider-Man's fighting with Doc Ock. And it's only, only toward the end of the ad that you find out that this plane is flying into Orlando. And the reason you're seeing this image is because, of course, the Universal's brand new theme park, Island Adventure, has a an amazing adventures of Spider-Man ride where you will get to see Spider-Man fight with Doc Ock. And and that's kind of the conceit of these ads, right? I mean, the, the notion is you get to sort of see what you'll encounter in the land. Like, can, can you tell the, 
the story, the diner story, uh, commercial well, story? Jim, I was going to ask if you would eat uh, green eggs and ham or watch a commercial with green eggs and ham for that matter. No, the, the, the notion is it's just a little family, uh, the little, little girl. I think she asks for green eggs and ham. The, the waitress is kind of dismissive. It's like, Oh, we don't sell that here. I think she almost sarcastically asked the cook and he's like, I'll see if we can get it or whatever. And then of course she was walking up and then boom, the plate has, which is relatively gross. <laughs> Just a dippy egg, so to speak, yep. just green and then ham. And then I think the cat in a hat winks at her from another booth or outside the window. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's the thing you, you, again, this is seen set inside of a diner and you, you literally get to see this full size cat in the hat walk by the window outside of the diner. And he makes this happen. And again, the notion is when you go to islands of adventure, you can get green eggs and ham. And by the way, you can, there's a restaurant there when it's open that will sell you green eggs and ham. Um, but the other one of these ads that I really kind of loved was the, uh, well, the guy in the dog park putting up his, his lost pet posters. And again, do you want to walk us through that one? Well, I mean, essentially, I think it's this gentleman that just comes up to a guy that has a dog and he says, hey, have you seen my, oh, I, I don't know if he says dinosaur, dog, either way. It's, yep. I think it's a triceratops at the moment. Yep. He shows it and the guy's sarcastic. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you if I see it. And the next thing you yep. know, he's throwing a Frisbee to his dog and, Boom, here comes a giant triceratops running through the dog park and he's, you know, shocked, but there, there it is. And I mean, yep. that's promoting the Jurassic uh, Park at the time. Like, yeah. Whatever land it would have been called. Oh, and I, I am so sorry to say this because you are literally maybe a decade too late for this. This was honestly one of the very coolest things at Islands of Adventure. What you could do is that they had a thing called tri Triceratops Encounter. And, okay. and what you do is that you'd be, you'd get, you'd get online and you get broken up into like an eight group of eight people and they would take you into a barn. And there, and mind you, there were three, three barns. So they, they could get some capacity going, but there in the barn was a full size audio animatronic triceratops and what was so cool about this i mean it, it, it snorted it pawed it peed it did all of these <laughs> real animal things and they would pull one person out of the group to come inside the enclosure and help them deal with this animal and it was so crazy expensive and, and, and impressive i mean i want to remind you here that um, this thing was actually built by the, the, the talented folks up in Canada who, who built the space arm. I mean, for, for the space shuttle. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was moonshot technology and, uh, over time, but the problem was that it was, it was, it was literally off the beaten path in Jurassic Park at islands and it just never, it, it had trouble with capacity and people couldn't find it and it, and it, it was just a heartbreaker that that people didn't appreciate what this war was, and it was eventually shut down, and and the animatronics were left to rot for years. But uh, but again, that, uh, I love that they picked this moment out uh, of the park to sell in this really oblique ad that again featured you know this this triceratops chasing after a frisbee and leaping into the air and catching it and oh, oh speaking uh, since we're talking about dinosaurs and frisbees we should also mention that it was just this past week that um 
we got a brand new director for uh, the new Jurassic World movie, right? And that's that's Gareth Edwards, right? So it looks. What is it? The, it's going to be Jurassic Your World or whatever. It's the fourth iteration, mm-hmm. fourth version, the newest. I think <laughs> I've kind so. of lost tr- count a bit, but yeah. uh, what? So Gareth Edwards and I'm not a giant film buff. I've watched you know movies, but I said I said to myself, I knew know that name somehow, and it comes out that he's the one that made Rogue One, which is uh, pretty popular in, in my circle of friends. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's that that of the Star Wars stories films. I think that's the best. But uh, and and what else has he done? Uh, I, he looks like he did a Godzilla in 2014, which my son is all about Godzilla. But I don't know if we've watched that one yet. And then the most recent was the Creator from 2023, which I am just not familiar with at all. <laughs> okay. All right. I think that was, that was, was that Netflix? I mean, it, it looked interesting. I'll have to check that out, but all right. Anyway, so to get back to the lucky generals and again, uh, let's, let's be clear here. This is a big get. They competed against two of New York's biggest ad agencies and won this gig. But again, just, just, I'm hoping the people in the room who are putting together the campaign for Epic Universe uh, remember what happened with Universal Escape because that campaign ran for 28 months. And by, I want to say, July of 2000, the, the actual highway signs leading to the Universal Orlando Resort. Anything that said Universal Escape was pulled down. The whole notion was, oh, God, people don't understand what we're trying to do here. And they were confused about, was Islands of Adventure a new land at the Universal Studios Florida as opposed to a full theme park? And and they didn't get that they were now on on the actual property hotels. Um, right. So, I mean, it, it was tough. They had to restart. So I, I guess the, what I'm saying to the nice folks at Lucky Generals, don't be too clever. All right. I mean, put together a, a brilliant campaign. And, and don't get me wrong, though. I love those commercials, but they don't tell me what I'm getting. They really don't do not get, get across the message that here's there's a brand new theme park here and there's all these lovely hotels and we built an entire destination resort and come here as opposed to Disney. Right. So, when we talked the other day, Jim, you were explaining, you're like, hey, have you seen these? And mm-hmm. and I had a hard time understanding the concept alone. Then I yeah. watched it and I said, well, it sounds to me like it's almost they were advertising another park. It seemed yeah. like the ad would. So it, 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 they missed it somewhere and maybe it's just they, because they the did, name itself was sounding like they it could did. have been a name of a park, but yeah. we'll see where lucky generals comes from. I looked at some of their, mm-hmm. their real, so to speak. I wanted to say who, what have they done? Okay. And they seems to me that they have a recent, they're doing the TikTok It starts here campaign. And then of most recent years, they actually did a Super Bowl commercial, which I actually remember from about 2019, and it was for Alexa. So it was for Amazon, and it was the commercial that had Alexa losing her voice. And then they got some celebrities in there, and they had uh, the celebrity chef, is it Gordon Ramsay, and I think Nicki Minaj, and, and a couple other aspects being the voice of Alexa when people were asking questions really entertaining so it seems to me they have worked with a bunch of high profile companies so we'll see what they can do i mean if i see triceratops with a frisbee i'll 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 be happy to the nod and everybody listening on will know that's a that's a throwback 
well, again, sometimes you do have to think outside of the box. Which, speaking of which, um, we just saw Universal partner with Minecraft for uh, what they say is an all-new theme park experience. Can you talk a bit about that? Well, yeah, I, I mean, we, we mentioned it really briefly on the end of last show. And I mean, we didn't even know it was like, it was the day of recording and they had some Twitter ads that had like famous landmarks, but all pixelated universal landmarks. And we kind of mentioned it briefly and it came out once again. It, it was actually Minecraft and it's essentially just an online aspect where you're, Jim, have you played Minecraft or are you familiar with Minecraft at all? I, I am familiar with Minecraft, but as I remind people, my my hand-eye coordination, I I stopped gaming with the original Asteroid. Or did, so, so well, I think I think it has about the same amount of pixels being used there, Jim. So the <laughs> probably, good news is, probably. but uh, Minecraft. So okay. my my youngest have all played, and it's just like a world builder. It's almost you just walk around and you build stuff and. I've actually come across some amazing YouTube videos of some Disney attractions that just people generally built. Like we want, my son just started w looking at wonders of life pavilion, right? The giant gold dome. He's not allowed in <laughs> at uh, Epcot. And he found a Minecraft version where you go in and you walk around and you do all this. So the fan community has been making these things for a while. Uh, this looks to be like, Oh, we get to now experience universal and not just what's there now, I think with a lot of the nostalgia of people like myself to want to walk around this, now you can go to Back to the Future and you can be terrified by a 16 pixel Jaws. <laughs> like, so. <laughs> well, and, and it's also important to, in fact, uh, this is part of Eric's research for the show here, but when you talk about fan community, I, that's 166 million active players every month. Is That's a real number? that's that is insane isn't it is it not yeah. but and that's the funny thing is you pull rag on it it's just a little blocky game but one of the first choices for my six-year-old this year he wanted to be the guy from minecraft and he has a name steve or something okay. that's what he wanted to be for halloween and i'm like come can we come on you could be a ninja you could be a dragon like but no that's that, so but that, it's that it's a smart move that it's a you, smart yeah. move and I don't know, Jim. No. Did this happen? This happened days after the Epic announcement, the Epic Games for Disney, or right around that part. It's, it's. They're all getting back into gaming. They're trying to get mm. everybody there because the the notion is the younger audience. They're getting no. their media on video games. So smart there. play. So, okay, a uh, quick question. Do we know if there is, uh, you know, obviously if the, they're building Jaws and Back to the Future, do we know if there's a Skull Island Reign of Calm somewhere uh, out there you know, in the Minecraft world? I didn't see yeah. it in the one minute and 30 second YouTube video I saw, but it would make uh, sense, but. Okay. okay. So. So, Jim, with the we're talking about Skull Island and the reign of Kong here in this situation. Mm -hmm. So let's yep. tie back to something you mentioned earlier and we kind of mm -hmm. alluded on. So they're switching mm -hmm. from 3D to 2D. And right. the general audience online is kind of going up in flames a bit. But I, the first thing I thought of, and I did my research, this isn't the first time this has ever happened. So Despicable Me, the Minion Mayhem, seemed to do the exact same thing. It went from 3D to 2D in 2019, in May of 2019. And that was after being a 3D attraction for seven years or so. So 
why is it a big deal? Why, why, number one, are these companies doing it? And why is it a big deal? Is it just glasses? They don't want to clean glasses anymore? It's a long rant. No, no, story. It's a long story, uh, which we'll get to in a moment. Uh, but first, this. And we're back. Okay, so... All right, we got to talk about Skull Island, uh, Reign of Kong. And here's a, here's our challenge, folks. Uh, Eric's never been on this. Now, have you, you seen it on YouTube? I, I mean, I didn't tell you. I, I think. I didn't tell you we were going to talk I about I might have this. seen something before. Is okay. this an immersive experience? This isn't the old Kong. This isn't like the, the giant animatronic that pulls stuff. This is a different experience, well, right? I mean, it does have an uh, animatronic at the, uh, okay. All right. All right. Hang on, folks. I'll figure this out. All right. Um, Okay, again, key component of the show, uh, the Epic Universal podcast, is Eric has never been to a single Universal theme park on this planet. And again, we're all helping the Hershey family get ready for their first ever trip to the Universal Orlando Resort later this year. So, okay, Friday and gonna on, on this part of the show, going to be interesting. Uh, okay, if we're going to talk about this attraction's history, we have to start. With Peter Jackson's King Kong, the the remake in 2005. Did you and the family ever get to see that? Oh, years ago. I don't know if okay. I remember it now, but sure. <laughs> All right. Okay. That's okay. And look, I, I'm going to start out in the wrong place, but uh, I didn't like this movie. I mean, I mind, I admired it technically. It has some amazing visual effects. has some really cool production design. But it's three hours oh. and 21 minutes long. There's no polite way to put this. This is a bladder buster of a movie. It's just too damn long. Um, and, and, and just to be clear here, the original King Kong from 1933, Eric Bean, mean, it's a hundred minutes long. A hundred and four. If you play the overture uh, that <laughs> used to play in the theater uh, before the, this Miriam C. Cooper movie started where, Peter Jackson's King Kong remake is 261 minutes long. And the thing is, is filled with flab. I, and, and I say this is a guy who likes Jack Black's performance in it. He plays uh, producer Carl Denham as being Orson Welles adjacent and a really interesting idea. And, and again, there's that brontosaurus stampede scene and then the narrow canyon. That's really cool. And, and yes, I know we call them apatosauruses now. I don't care. When I grew up, those dinosaurs were called brontosauruses and their nickname was Thunder Lizard, which is a really cool nickname, by the way. And even though I'm not a big fan of the Flintstones, I still want a Bronner burger. So all right. I, I, I've lost the narrative thread here. Give me a moment. Okay, uh, uh, back to Peter Jackson's King Kong, uh, which arrived in theaters December of 2005. Uh, it costs uh, $200 million to make, Eric. And while it doesn't make Lord of the Rings money, uh, it does okay at the worldwide box office. It pulls in over $550 million, uh, which covers its production costs, its promotion costs. And then when you factor in retail sales, as well as selling off the cable and terrestrial television broadcast rights, Universal ekes out a profit. But as you know, Eric mentioned at the top of the show, there were King Kong attractions in the Universal parks out ahead of this movie. There was the King Kong encounter, which I bet you've seen pictures of, Eric. This is the one where it's the 30-foot-tall, 7-ton right. animatronic that uh -huh. used to 
you know, threatened the tram. And, and in fact, by the way, this one was built, designed and built by Disney legend Bob Gurr. And then there was Confrontation, which was an opening day attraction at Universal Studios Florida, uh, opened June of 1990, which took months to get operating properly. It featured two animatronic Kongs, uh, each were 39 feet tall and had a, 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 an arm span of 54 feet. And it was really cool as those giant arms would grab your ride vehicle, lift it up and throw it to the ground. Um, again, something else you need to look at on YouTube at some point. Um, but anyway, by the time Universal Pictures uh, had opened Peter Jackson's King Kong in theaters in December of 2005, Confrontation had closed in Florida. It shuttered in September of 2002 to make way for the, the Revenge of the Mummy ride, which opened in May of 2004. Uh, but as for that King Kong encounter uh, sequence on the Universal Tram Tour in Hollywood, Eric, that hung in there till June of 2008, which is when there was a fire on the Universal Studios backlot. And before they could get this blaze under control, three and a half acres of sets and sound stages were lost. And among the buildings that got consumed by the flames were the $7 million structure that housed uh, King Kong Encounter. But where this got interesting was Universal Creative saw this fire as an opportunity. They decided to take some of the visual assets that had been created for Peter Jackson's King Kong remake back in 2005 and use them to create a new vignette for the tram tour out in Hollywood. So they build the structure that the Universal Trams could pull into. It, 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 picture this, Eric. It has 200-foot-long screens on either side of the tram. Now, mind you, as you're boarding the tram, in fact, you talked about this at the top of the show. What was the issue? You know, cleaning the 3D glasses. Well, as you got on the, the tram, you literally had to walk by these trays and it's like, get your 3D glasses. So you, so you're now on the ride and there's a little pre-show film where Peter Jackson himself said, tells you, put on the 3D glasses. And now that this footage runs of King Kong battling this trio of V-Rexes, which are supposed to be some sort of hybrid dinosaur that's part Velociraptor and part T-Rex. And what's kind of cool about this is this battle takes place on either side of you and on top of the tram. And uh, you, when you pull into the building, you're on top of this pad that will go up and down to mimic like the weight of this giant creature is on top of your tram. Um, anyway, King Kong 360 3D opens at Universal Studios Hollywood, July 1st, 2010. And that's just two years and a month after the fire that, uh, on the back lot that consumed the original King Kong encounter. And, and it's, it's a popular addition to the tram, um, which does not go unnoticed by the folks out at Universal Orlando. They decide in 2014 to take Universal Hollywood's King Kong 3D and turn it into a full-blown attraction at Island's Adventure. So they clear a spot in that uh, theme park between Toon Lagoon and Jurassic Park to build. Well, look, I, you're told it's a long-abandoned temple on Skull Island, but as you enter the queue and go inside the building, you find out, nope, not abandoned. Uh, you actually walk on the in on this 
ceremony uh, of Kong worshippers uh, who, who you know, get across the message, this place is really dangerous. There are lots of big, scary creatures with sharp teeth. Maybe it might be a good idea to turn around and go home. Uh, but of course, you're, you know, you bought your theme park ticket, so you, you press on and, and then you get deeper into this building and, hey, there are 1930s style trucks, buses, something like that, uh, in, in the load area. And, and, and you get on them because you did the same thing in Indiana Jones Adventure at Disneyland. All right. You, you walked into a temple and, and here's a troop carrier. Of course, I'm getting on it. Um, anyway, your, your 1930s vehicle loaded with guests leaves the load area. And, but now this is where it gets kind of interesting, Eric, depending on whether it's raining, uh, you either leave the load area, go outside of the building, hang a U-turn. And then there's kind of a, it almost quotes from Jurassic Park. This is giant set of doors at the front of the ancient supposedly abandoned temple that now open and your truck rolls in. However, if as happens in Orlando, it's, it's a heavy rain. The really smart people at Universal Creative created an alternate version of the ride path for this attraction. And what can happen is your ride vehicle will just go straight from the load area into the first scene of the movie that you won't go outside and go through the gates and potentially get people wet. Um, uh, well, that's, that's quite interesting, Jim. I don't know if that was the, ever heard that before. Like that's pretty darn smart. I thought so as well. I mean, that's the thing. I, what makes me crazy about this is there's lots of good design in the, in this attraction that I really don't like. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I like the design. I just don't like the attraction. Okay. Scene one, uh, you go into a cave, your truck stops and you're now menaced by giant bats that, that are big enough that they can carry out full size humans. And oh, by the way, at this point, you've been told to put on your 3D glasses, which I believe uh, you've been told previously are, are cave goggles. And by the way, at some point, I, I here's a project I'd love to put out there for theme park fans. I'd love a definitive list of what all of the 3D glasses that you wear on various rides were called. I mean, nobody ever says put on your 3D glasses. They say put on your space goggles or put on your diving mask or whatever it is. I would just love somebody to compile that list. I just, what's a technical term for all these things that we know are 3D glasses? All right. Anyway, scene two of this ride is basically the very same footage that you see when you're out at Universal Studios Hollywood. You're on the tram and you see King Kong 360 3D. It's only been slightly reanimated because at this point, you're again, you're on Skull Island, not the Skull Island from the movie. And then finally, scene three, uh, we kind of circle back to King Kong encounter the, the vignette from the universal tram tour back in the 1980s. And because at the very end, you come around the corner and you don't see him till you're in motion and you look down and there is this super sophisticated, huge 
animatronic of Kong, uh, basically from the shoulders up. And he's looking at you through a fence that you, uh, looks like it can barely contain him. But, uh, you, but, uh, you know, the nose wrinkles, the eyes squint. He, he huffs and puffs at you and growls. And, uh, it's an amazing animatronic, Eric. I mean, uh, you with your love of theme parks, you would very, at the very least, need to go on this ride to check out that giant Kong animatronic because it, 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 for the time, and again, this opened in, uh, what, July of 2016? It was state of the art. Anyway, you roll back into the station, you unload. Uh, basically, it's a very short experience, which, if we're being blunt here, 3D just does not add a whole lot to, which is why I, I, if I'm being honest here, I feel kind of meh about theme park fans being uh, pretending that they're this upset about the idea that Skull Island or Reign of Kong is switching to 2-3. I mean, you mentioned that, that before we get started here, just before we went to the second half about uh, uh, Minion Mayhem losing its it, its 3D going to 2D in, what is it, 2017 or thereabouts? Well, I mean, it's worth noting that Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey uh, in that park used to have a 3D component as well. But in 2016, the very same year that Queen of Kong opened at Islands, that attraction in the Wizarding World switched over from having 3D scenes to 2D. And um, and again, from what I've heard, that was largely because guests just don't like to wear 3D glasses. There's the, when you put them on, your, your field of vision dims. Right. Uh, and and at the same time, sometimes you get a pair in spite of, you know, the, the well-meaning cast members that, that aren't entirely clean, that are kind of smudgy or scratched or that sort All of thing. All the time. Uh, there you go. So, all right. So I, I guess I have to I ask, um, what's really – so what's really going on here? I, I Look, folks, given the, the news about this whole Skull Island, Reign of Kong thing – broke over the weekend and, and more to the point, given that Eric and I are recording this on a Sunday night, which is before anybody in the PR office at Universal gets into the office on Monday when they can answer my phone calls. Uh, look, apologies. I don't have an answer for you. Not yet. Anyway, I will say this though. I am not a fan of Universal Creative taking individual elements from uh, the tram tour out in Hollywood and then trying to make these things into full-blown attractions for Florida. I mean, and that really didn't work with Fast and Furious Supercharged, uh, which, by the way, started out life as the grand finale of the uh, the tram tour out in Hollywood uh, in, in June of 2015, and then uh, just got turned into this meh ride at, at Universal Studios uh, Florida in, in April of 2018. And, and, and Eric, by the way, this is, this is a story I love. Uh, Thierry Koo, uh, who used to be the senior vice president, chief creative officer of Universal Creative, uh, he got asked, uh, and, and this was just a year or so back, uh, well, actually, November of 2021, so three years back, thereabouts, uh, he was paneling at IAPA. Uh, that's the theme park convention that's, that's held at the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando every fall. And Thierry got asked if the, he regretted over the course of his career in themed entertainment, 
uh, you know, ever regretted anything. And, and what was kind of interesting is Terry said this before he actually retired from Universal Creative in March of last year, 22 years with the company. But here he is, November of 2021, on the record in a room full of his fellow themed entertainment folks. And he asked, anything you regret? And said, yeah, I wish I fought harder to prevent the attraction version of Fast and Furious Supercharge from being added to Universal Studios Florida. So not a uh, glowing endorsement, not a <laughs> glowing endorsement, though, speaking of which, late last week, Vin Diesel got on Instagram to reveal that the very next installment of the Fast and Furious film series would be that uh, franchise's grand finale, which uh, this is kind of big news, uh, Eric. I mean, um, this is the highest grossing film franchise for Universal Pictures, it's actually the seventh highest grossing film series in Hollywood history. Uh, seven billion dollars in ticket sales, as your bride likes to say, billion with a B. Uh, and the one that's coming out next will be the 11th film in the series and it's due in theaters in April of 2025. Now, let me be clear here. I am not telling Eric that he shouldn't go on uh, Fast and Furious Supercharge or Skull Island uh, Reign of Kong, especially when he and his family are making their first visit to the Universal Orlando Resort sometime later this year. I'm just saying that maybe if the line is long, that you go do something else. And then maybe you come back when the line is shorter, much, much shorter, like walk on. Um, but... No, no, no. Again, but this brings me to another question. Um, would it be wiser if Eric sees these two attractions in their original purer form? Like, say, as part of the Universal Tram Tour out in Hollywood, again, as the King Kong 360 3D scene, and then as the Fast and Furious, uh, uh, the grand finale of the Tram Tour. And again, I bring this up because there was an Epic Universal podcast listener who sent us, was that through Instagram or? or I think it was through uh, Instagram, yeah. Okay, who said, look, if Eric is really, if Eric really wants to do Universal right, he should start with the original out in Hollywood, which I don't necessarily disagree with. So, but, but what are your thoughts, folks? Because uh, look, Eric and I always appreciate uh, your feedback. Uh, yeah. If you could reach out to us and let us know, uh, what your thoughts are. Should we start? out in California at Universal Hollywood, or do we dive in the deep end and, and have the, the Hershey's start at uh, the Universal Orlando Resort? So, oh, oh speaking of which, though, uh, uh, Eric, if, if folks are going to reach out to you, uh, where can they find you online? I think the easiest way you can find me is either on X or Instagram. They're both Eric Hersey. I okay. was able to acquire both of those at an early age, so... Hmm. Okay, cool. And well, if people want to reach out to me, let's see, they can do that on X, Twitter, whatever. Also Instagram as Jim Hill Media and over on Facebook as Jim Hill Media News. And um, by the way, folks, I want to remind you, we do have a couple of other podcasts here that we'd love you to check out. There is, of course, Disney Dish with Len Testa. Likewise, Fine Tuning with Drew Taylor. And by the way, I want to remind you that Mr. Taylor 
has another podcast that is well worth seeking out. It's the one he does with Charles Hood, and that is Light the Fuse, the official Mission Impossible podcast. Then, of course, we have King of Lucasfilm, I do with Brian Gone, And we've just managed to get I Want That. A two up out of the ground again. And then that's with Eric's lovely bride, Lauren. In fact, we recorded a new episode of that earlier today. And then I, again, there's Disney Unpacked, uh, the, uh, video series that I'm doing with, uh, with Len Testa and, uh, veteran imaginary Jim Schul. That's over on Patreon at patreon.com backslash Jim Hill Media. Uh, and well, I, and, and Eric, you've actually been editing these shows lately. So can you talk about what the, the next episode of Disney Impact is about? Right, Jim. I just uh, honestly finished up, hopefully putting the final touches on your episode. That is uh, probably the one when I heard what all you guys were doing, the one I was most excited about. And that is the rock and roller coaster, the, the show that talks all about. And believe me, there are some stories that you guys share and just the entire building process. It's uh, it's nice to be uh, under the hood, yeah. no pun intended there, editing Absolutely. this podcast. Absolutely. And, and uh, by the way, you've been doing a, a wonderful job with the shows. So um, appreciate and, that. Jim, what do we got going on in the next Epic Universal since we're talking about uh, new shows? Okay, next episode, we're going to be interviewing the very talented young woman who choreographs many of the shows and the parades at the Universal Orlando Resort. This is Laura, and she's got such some great stories, but we'll, you know, we'll get her on the show in, in next time around. Well, Jim, that sounds like a real fun show to record. And, and I think till then, on behalf of Jim Hill, I'm Eric Hersey. Hey, thanks everyone for listening.